0: My name is Jennifer Roth. I've been one of the pastors here at Salem Alliance for about 10 years now, if you can believe that. I don't feel old enough to have had this job for 10 years, but believe it or not, I am. Um, And my roles here have changed over the years. I've done women's ministries all of those 10 years. I've also done some things with marriage ministry, and I'm currently also doing some stuff with our Life Path Ministry, which is our small group support and recovery groups, which if you've never taken a look at them, let me just put in a plug. We'll start a new term in January, and they're really, really good uh, groups for dealing with places where we're stuck, where we have our hurts and our habits and hang ups, those kind of things. So if you're going, what is she talking about? Come and see me afterwards. So I wear a lot of hats. And tonight, the hat that I'm wearing is your speaker at the gathering. We had our women's kickoff event um, three or four weeks ago. And if you missed that and you wanted to kind of get caught up, we did Facebook Live that one. And so you could go back to the Salem Alliance Facebook page and watch that if you wanted to. It's also available on the church website and the women's ministry podcasts. So we set our theme for the year at that, which is a theme of courage. It just seemed like a good year to be leaning into what does God have to say about being women who live with courage in the world that we live in? So I'm not going to re-give that talk, but if you want to kind of hear what our overarching theme is and where we're headed uh, this year in the gathering, go catch that on the podcast or back on Facebook Live and kind of get caught up. But tonight, what I want us to talk about is being a voice of courage. So being a person who has a voice of courage in a world of fear. Because friends, we live in a world of fear, don't we? There's a lot of reasons to fear. There's a lot of things going on that are fearful. There are a lot of people who are fearful who are spinning the tails of their Fear. We live in a world of fear, but we do not have to be women who live in fear, and we certainly don't have to be women whose voice perpetuates fear because we are children of the King who is not a King of fear, but a King of courage, and He gives us His courage through His word. So tonight we're gonna talk about being a voice of courage in a world of fear. So, what I wanna start with, and Morgan, I'm sorry, because I'm gonna make you spin that camera a little bit, because I'm gonna walk over here to the whiteboard. Um, and what I want to have you guys shout out to me, and I realize that you might go, Jennifer, let's not just like start out by listing all the bad things, but let's start out by listing all the bad things. Um, What are some of the things that we have to fear? This could be in general, this could be your own thing. Um, What are some of the things that create fear responses in us? Change. 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 Unknowns, failure, failure, Failure. division, rejection, debt, is that what it was? D E B T, debt. What else? This isn't all. I know this isn't all. Confrontation. confrontation. Menopause. <laughs> Menopause. Preach it, sister. I'm going to put conflict here with confrontation. Any type of tension or conflict. Oops. Um, could we put um, illness or disease? Pain. Pain. Pain, pain yep. Uh, I'll list one of mine violence. Our world isn't necessarily always a safe place. Depression. Depression. Yep. Finances. We're going to put that with debt and with depression. If it's fair, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to just list mental health. There's, there's a, a number of things that could fall in that category. How about you know, what they're teaching our children. Oh, what they're teaching our children. So I'm going to say cultural or worldly influence worldly influence. Okay. Okay. This is a good list to start with. There may be more, but this is a good place to start. And we are going to come back to this. We are not, this is not the final word tonight. This is just our starting place. Okay. So here's what I want to talk about briefly. And Karen, are you here? Karen Bradley? There you are. I knew that. Thank you. Uh, come on up and grab the microphone. So the, uh, at our women's kickoff event, we went through a number of scriptures that talked about courage and one of them jumped out at me and Karen shared that it jumped out at her also. So test and see if that microphone's still on, Karen, and you can take your mic off, your mask off while you're up here. Okay, Chris. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Morgan. Like I said, uh-huh. if you're sitting out there going, this doesn't have to be that hard, talk to me. Okay. <laughs> So we were talking through verses, and there was one that jumped out at you. Do you remember which one that was? Mm-hmm. Yeah, tell us about it.
1: Okay. This is the verse, and I, there was no context. She was just reading verses. But it talked about somebody named Ishbosheth. And it said, Ishbosheth lost all courage, and all of Israel was paralyzed with fear. And it just hit me so hard because I realized that. One person lost all of their courage, but everybody around them was, was affected by it. Everybody lost their courage, lost their, was, was full of fear. And I just realized we never realize who's watching us, but there's always somebody watching us. And when I think about this, it's not for us to be, oh no, what am I gonna do? Because Jennifer is going to teach us what to do. (laughs) Sure she is. (laughs) But that's just what hit
0: me, is that
1: we always, we have an influence, much more influence on those around us than we really know. Yeah.
0: Thank you, Karen, for being willing to share that. So... Karen caught onto something that I caught onto. I'm going to read you the verse she was talking about. It's in 2 Samuel uh, chapter 4, verse 1. And it says, When Ishbosheth, Saul's son, heard about Abner's death at Hebron, and you'd have to understand the history of Israel to understand why this was a scary thing, but just understand that Abner was one of Ishbosheth's allies. And so hearing about his death, he lost all courage and all Israel became paralyzed with fear which is what Karen talked about the thing that stood out to me it was when he heard about abner's death he heard something some news came to him that caused fear to rise and courage to plummet okay but then listen to this one second chronicles 15:8 when asa another one of those kings heard this message from azariah the prophet he took courage and proceeded to obey God and do the things that God was telling him to do. So, see, Ishbosheth heard something that stole his courage, and Asa heard something that boosted his courage, right? So, when we have voices in our life, we are choosing who we're listening to, whether that's through the media or the news or the books that we read or the people that we have conversation with. Sometimes those things rise up in ways that we can't control, but sometimes we are making choices about whether or not we are listening to things that rob our courage or listening to things that build our courage. So what we're going to do here for a couple minutes is we're going to take a break into table talks. And really, this one's only going to be five minutes or less. This is a short table talk. We're going to go back to your table talk a little bit later with some more content. But right now, and let me just pause and say this. If you're at a women's ministry event at Salem Alliance, you do not have to talk. You are always free to pass. It is fine at your table to say, thank you, but I pass. And nobody will look at you sideways or roll their eyes or anything, because sometimes some of us just need to be here and be present, and we are being built up by the conversations that are happening around us, and none of us know what's going on inside for someone else. So if someone's quiet at your table, that is okay. But if you have something to say, that is okay too, all right? So the question is, what are, and I wanna look at it carefully because I've, I worded it a particular way on purpose. What types of conversations, media, books, articles, cause your fear to increase And what types of things cause your courage to rise? Now, can I just say this? This is not a time for names of specific people. (laughs) This is a general sharing with people here. So this is about what are the kinds of conversations that cause your anxiety and your fear to rise. And what are the kinds of conversations or voices that you hear that cause your courage to rise instead of your fear to rise? Does it make sense? So five minutes at your table. Just share some ideas about... What voices cause courage to rise? What voices cause fear to rise? And then we're going to come back up here. Okay, ladies. So whether your table got there or not, why don't you shout out some things for me about what causes courage to rise? I want to hear the things that cause courage to rise. What were you guys talking about? Lisa Harper, a story of someone who, if I remember, just had great faith in the face of great difficulty. Yeah, that came up on the online chat too, that when we hear stories of people who have faced difficulties with strength, it causes our courage to rise. Thank you. Somebody else. What, what are voices that cause courage to rise? God's word, community, music, meditation. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any? Mm Mm-hmm taking the time to listen to what God says about the fear. and a thank you for the perfect segue into what we are doing next. Well done. You, <laughs> bonus Bible bucks for you, girl. <laughs> Not that I hand out Bible bucks, but it's a thing. I, I think it might be a thing. So God, if God is our source of courage, then it occurs that if we want to be a voice of courage, we need to know what he says. Joshua 1.9 says, this is my command, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Why are we not to be afraid or discouraged? Because he's with us. Friends, in all of these things, what if we enter huge debt or financial ruin? What if we end up in failing in something that was really important to us? What if we're in the middle of a division or a confrontation or a conflict that feels so bad? Family conflict or pain, illness, disease, chronic pain, physical pain, loss of sight, loss of hearing, loss of something that has been precious to us. What if we face something that we have feared And God is with us. I remember a long time ago when I had little kids, I was walking one day and I was worried about my kids and I was praying and I was praying, God, don't let this happen and don't let this happen and don't let this happen and don't let this happen. And he stopped me and he said, Jennifer, have I promised that nothing bad would ever happen? No, but Jennifer, what have I promised that he would be with me? That his presence would be with me no matter what happened. So here's what I want us to do at our tables for the next number of minutes. And you guys, I know you were probably hoping coming that I was just going to give you all the answers, but tonight you're actually going to share the answers with us. Okay. Because here's what's going to happen. You're going to get into your Bibles if you brought them or your phones. If you don't, if you didn't bring them and we're going to start putting up here, the characteristics and the names and the promises of God that combat these specific fears. So I want you to look up something like, uh, sorry, we can't just Google, what does God say about menopause? But (laughs) we could look up something that says, what does God say about times of uncertainty? What does God say about what we don't know? What does God say about, what does his word say about? You guys, part of this is just get on your phones and realize that they can be a Bible study tool. So what I'm going to ask you to do is at your tables, talk about this talk about promises and characteristics and names of God that come against these things of fear. And then uh, we're not using the red pen anymore. You're going to come up here and grab this purple pen and you're going to write the reference next to the word that you're like, this is a promise that speaks to this word. Now, if you write the reference next to a word, please keep it up so that you are ready to read it when I call on you. Okay. Cause we're not just going to look at numbers and say, Oh yeah. First Chronicles two says that he's good. Okay. Now, now what's the next one? John three says that He's. we're going to read together the words of scripture that come against the these, fears specifically. Is this making sense? Like we're going to school here. We're going to work. So dig into the word, get out your phone, Google, look at what are some promises and names of God and put some verses up. They could be general, like Joshua one, nine. We could write that one next to all of them, or they could be very specific about some of the things that are up there. Some of you, if you want a special challenge, Look up some things that God says about our identity in Him when it has to do with depression or mental health or failure. Or there was another one up here, rejection. Okay, so ready, set, go. Have fun. Go to school. Okay, keep writing, you guys. If you're up here, keep writing. If you have something coming for violence or confrontation, conflict, or failure. I would love to know what verses you're finding there. Okay, we got failure covered. That's what Witt's waiting to write up here. Okay. Thank you. You guys, was that not a really good exercise? I hope that you've got some things at your own table that maybe you didn't even write up here, but you're like, wow, we've got this, we've got this coming up here. So come on up and keep writing if you've got another one. What we're gonna start to do is we're gonna start to read out loud, and maybe Morgan, uh, once you get that um set, if you want to run microphone to people who will read the verses that they wrote up there. Okay, so for the unknown, somebody wrote Hebrews 6:19. Hebrews 6.19. Raise your hand if that was you. Okay, back in the back. Thank you. And for those of you on, uh, yeah, that'll be good. Okay. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, a hope both sure and steadfast, and one which enters within the veil. Yeah, read it one more time slower. Okay. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, a hope both sure and steadfast, and one which enters within the veil. Yeah, the hope enters within the veil, which is where we can't see. Yeah, oh, this is good. Oh, this is going to be a fun fifteen minutes here, ladies. Okay, uh, those of the cultural and worldly influence sphere. Who had John sixteen thirty three right up here with Rochelle?
1: I have told you these things, things so that uh, so that in me you may have
0: peace. In this world you have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. That is good. And Michelle, I'm going to say it again, louder and slower. We need to hear the words of God.
1: I have told you these things so that you in me, or so that in me, you may have peace in this world. You will have trouble, but take heart.
0: I have overcome the world, right? In this world, you will have trouble. It's going to come, but he has overcome the world. I love it. Okay. Somebody wrote Isaiah 43, two by change. Who's got that one? Looks like Melissa, nice and loud and slow, Melissa as I yell at you. Sorry, everybody. This I know. <laughs> when you go through deep
1: waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression,
0: you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. Amen. Amen. This is good. Let's... Um, under rejection, if you can't see, you guys, we're not going to have time to read all of them. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to name them off for you right now if you want to write these down. Or you can come up and take a picture of the board later. But especially for those of you on live stream, we have Hebrews thirteen five, Romans 11, 1 to 6, and we have 1 John 3, 1. And so whoever wrote 1 John 3, 1, would you be willing to read that? Okay, right up over here. Thank you.
1: See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God and so we are. The reason why why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. And that one was actually yeah for rejection as well. So
0: Yeah, thank you. And what about the Hebrews thirteen five? Who had that one? Yeah, over there. Nice
1: and loud well i don't i don't have a real good memory but it says um talks about he says, i will never leave you or forsake you yep and the reason i chose that is because ever since this pandemic started um not from the very beginning i became kind of rebellious like i'm not wearing a mask i'm not doing that i'm not i'm gonna go wherever i want and then i became very feeling very lonely and um I think this is one that um, I was listening to Lisa Harper on last night, and uh, she brought that up. Hmm. So that's why I chose that one for rejection, Yeah. feeling lonely.
0: Yeah. Yeah, thank you for sharing that, honestly, and vulnerably. And I have to say, Hebrews 13.5 is the first verse my son ever memorized. He was about two, maybe less than that. And my husband started teaching him a memory verse. And I'm like, honey, he can't memorize a verse. He's a baby. And Josiah looked up at me. He goes... Hebrews 13.5, ever weave you. <laughs> I stand corrected. God will never leave you. Okay, uh, debt. Who had Jeremiah 29.11 for financial worries or fears? That's fine. Go ahead and, and you can read it. Thank you. Uh, wait for the microphone. Oh, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. So God knows the future to give you a future and a hope. He knows His plans for you. Thank you. Okay, confrontation. John sixteen thirty three. Oh, the same one for cultural and worldly influence was confrontation and conflict. Yeah, yeah. Some of these are good. You guys, pay attention to this. When you find a Bible verse that speaks about general courage along many areas. That's a great one to write and put up on your mirror, to have it as a screen, your home screen, to memorize it, get, learn some of these and go, oh, wow, somebody wrote John 16, 33 up twice. It probably could fit others. So pay attention to those kind of things. Okay. We're going to keep moving illness and disease. Who's got Psalm 91, two and three. Okay. Right over here. Thanks, Julie.
1: I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find
0: refuge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, menopause, 139.14. There, there she is. <laughs> oh, yeah. Here we
1: go. Um, uh, so actually, Psalm 139 is, I am um, fearfully and wonderfully made. Yes. And then Ecclesiastes three is there. T- there is a time for everything,
0: mm-hmm. and a season for every activity under the heavens. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> Mic drop. So, if you didn't catch that on live stream, it's or a podcast, it's on one thirty nine fourteen, and then also Ecclesiastes three one. Let's keep moving along here. Failure. Who's got Second Corinthians four nine? Okay, right up here. Thanks for running the microphone, Morgan.
1: My steps in.
0: We are persecuted,
1: but God does not leave us. We're hurt sometimes, but we are not destroyed.
0: Yeah, we're persecuted, but God does not leave us. We might be hurt, but we are not destroyed. Thank you. Mercedes, right? No, I'm Jen. Sorry, Jen. Sorry, Mercedes. Sorry, everybody online. I made a mistake. Okay. (laughs) Micah 7-8. Who's got that one? We... Oh, okay, over here. Thank you. So who's going to be the reader for Micah 7-8? Just wait for the microphone, Whitney. There we go. Thank you. All right. Again, so Micah 7-8. Our enemies
1: have no reason to gloat over us. Hmm. We have fallen, but we will rise again. We are in darkness now, but the Lord will give us light.
0: Wow, yes and amen. Yes and amen. Okay, and Deuteronomy 31 8. Okay, one more. Deuteronomy 31 8. The Lord is the
1: one who is going ahead of you, He will be with you, He won't abandon you or leave you. So don't be afraid or terrified.
0: Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, we're coming around the bottom here. So division, somebody wrote Colossians 3.14 for division. Right over here. So
1: Colossians 3.14, above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony.
0: Yeah, above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything. Another one like that is Ephesians 4. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. It's God's help that will help us with that. Okay, uh, mental health, depression, 1 Peter 2, 9. Angie's got it. You were going to town, girl. You're a scholar tonight. I love it. I love it. Um, But you are chosen race, a royal priesthood,
1: a holy nation, a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light.
0: Yeah. Thank you, Angie. Coming around to violence and then pain. So Exodus 14, 14. Who's got that one? Okay. Right in the back. Uh, The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still yeah, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. The context of that verse, you guys, the Israelites were at the Red Sea and the Egyptians were coming up behind them. They had nowhere to go. And God said, watch and see my deliverance today. The enemies you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Okay. Uh, pain first Peter five Who's got that one? Thank you. And after
1: you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Karen, would you repeat that one, please? That's just so good. (laughs) And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm,
0: strengthen, and establish you. Yeah, thank you. Many of you know that um, my mom, who passed away January 1st of 2018, had struggled the 10-year battle with chronic uh, pain. And so when you just started reading, Karen, I was like, after suffering for a little while... Sometimes it doesn't feel like a little while, does it? But in the light of eternity, it truly is a little while, friends. And God will restore everything. Yeah, right in the back. Uh, wait for the microphone, please, just so that people on face live. Oh, what you- was that address? <laughs> the scripture. Oh yeah, yeah. That is First uh, Peter five ten. Yeah, uh, friends. Thank you for preaching the message tonight. Thank you for coming ready to engage. Thank you for coming ready to be scholars and researchers and look and find. And this is actually the first point I want to make about how to be a voice of courage in a world of fear. Be women of the word. Be women of God's word. And when a fear rises up in you, go to God's word and say, God, what have you said about this? And if you can't find a specific thing about, you know, menopause, if menopause isn't written in the words on the page, you can find a truth that speaks to what is going on in your life because God's word is living and it is active and it is sharper than a two-edged sword and it is useful for teaching and rebuking and correcting and training and raising us up and encouraging us. I want to read from 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 5, and I'm going to start in verse 9 right now. I'm going to read three verses for us. It says this, for God chose to save us through our Lord Jesus Christ, not to pour out his anger on us. Christ died for us so that whether we are dead or alive, when he returns, we can live with him forever. So encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. Friends, this is the gospel in two verses. It is that God in his goodness and his grace and his mercy, he made a choice. He did not have to. He made a choice to save us rather than to be angry with us. God is a God of justice. God is a God of truth. And he had a choice to make. He could have chosen to save us or he could have chosen to stay in anger because we deserved it. In wrath because that was what our sin deserved. But he chose to save us through Jesus. And when Christ died for us, it was so that whether we are dead or alive, when he returns, we can live with him forever. And that's the foundational basis of our courage is that whatever this world throws at us, we will have eternity with God. He gives us life to the full now, but we still live on a broken planet where there are things. There are unknowns and debt and failure and rejection and change and pain and mental health issues and depression. Friends, we live in a world where these things are our reality, but God is healing those things now. He is giving us courage to face the things that he does not choose to heal now. And he has given us eternity with him when all of that is made well. So while we suffer for a while, we fix our eyes on Jesus. And that is where our courage rises from. So how do we do this? How do we continue to encourage one another as we are already doing? Proverbs 18.4 says this. A person's words can be life-giving water. Words of true wisdom are as refreshing as a bubbling brook. Words of true wisdom are as refreshing as a bubbling brook. So how do we be women whose words are like life-giving water? Where the wisdom that God has given us is like a refreshing, bubbling brook. And we are a voice of courage in a world of fear. Well, first of all, we need to be women of his word so that we know his promises, so that we know his names, so that we know his character. Debt. The Bible says that he is Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides pain and illness and depression. It says that he is Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals He's our friend. He is the God of love. Do a study on the names of God and put those in the places of your fear. So be women of his word, be women who know his character and his names. Here's another thing. You and I get to choose which of these words we focus on and which of these words we talk about the most. Yeah, just spin it just a little bit. Sorry, I'm going to walk here. So we get to make a choice about what we are talking about the most. Are we rehearsing our illness and our disease and the potential illness and the potential disease and how we're gonna stay well and how we're gonna stay healthy? Or are we rehearsing that if this happens, God is with us? Are we gonna be worried about, okay, this upcoming change and we don't know how it's gonna work out, so it's an unknown and it's a change? And are we gonna rehearse and talk about, boy, change is just so hard for me and I don't know how to do that and my stress level's rising? And are my words going to actually affirm the fear and affirm the problem and the pain? Or will my words affirm what God is telling me is true? Now, let me be really, really clear. I wanna be really clear. I am not saying to lie. I am not saying to cover up your worry or your anxiety or your fear by saying, no, it's okay. God's going to meet me there. Praise the Lord anyway. That is not what I am saying. What I am saying is we have a choice about how we are going to navigate the thing that is hard for us. So let me tell you a story that actually a friend of mine named Bonnie told years ago in this place. She talked about her fears in terms of what ifs. So And actually that came through in our um, text thread there on the line. One of the people said, one of the things that it causes fear to rise are the what ifs. Um, And so she was talking about her own situation where her husband had been invited, they had been invited to become regional directors of something that happened in the North Africa area. And that was at a time when terrorism was rising in North Africa. And she realized that her husband would have to travel there rather often. And she really wasn't interested in this job change if he had to travel in those areas more. And yet they felt like God was leading them to this job change. And she began talking with us about her process with God of wrestling with him and grappling with him with her fear. So here's the thing. It's not that we don't wrestle with our fear. It's not that we don't admit our fear. It's not that we don't say, this is hard for me. It's that we are willing to model to others and to live into the place of walking with God and taking that fear to him. It's honest and it's vulnerable, but it's explaining, yes, I was afraid of this. Yes, this is something I'm still worried about. Yes, this is my fear. And God is and what she shared with us that day was that God gave her a tool that has served her for years and has now served me for years and it is turning your what ifs into what thens. So here's what happens if I have a what if, let's just let's just hypothesize, what if something bad happens to one of my children? And I allow that to rise and I fixate on that and I get stuck in the what if, my fear starts to get control of me. But if I will be honest about my fear, I am afraid of something bad happening to my children and I will let that out and and let that loosen up the hold that it has on me, I can begin to say, okay, well, what if this happens? Well, what then? So what if my child gets in a bad car accident? Well, what then? Well, Jesus would be with him and Jesus would be with me. Well, what if as a result of that car accident, my child is paralyzed for life? What then? Well, Jesus would be with him. Jesus would redeem what the enemy means for evil and turn it to good. And my child would be developed into the character of who God is creating them to be because the Redeemer would be by his side the whole time. What if this bad car accident ended in my child dying? What then? Well, God would be with me. What if I was so grieved that I couldn't get out of bed in the morning? What then? Well, Jesus is still Jesus, and I am still his child, and I am still held in his arms. And if you play out any what if to the nth what end, what do you get at the end of it? You get Jesus. Jesus is at the end of every what then. So how do we be a voice of courage in a world of fear? It's not by denying our fear. It's not by putting this pat little Christian, you know, nice Christian woman answer on it and saying, oh, just praise the Lord, it's gonna be fine because it's just a little bit of suffering and after a while we'll be okay. No, I take courage from the fact that it says, after we suffer, God will, but I am honest in the middle of the suffering that this is hard. And I model to others that this is hard, but I will still believe in Jesus and trust him and follow him and let him lead. One of the definitions of, um, I just knew where I was going. One of the definitions of courage that I looked up uh, today was this. Courage is mental or moral strength to venture, persevere, and withstand danger, fear, or difficulty. The ability to do something that frightens one it's not that we're not frightened. It's the ability, the mental or moral strength to go ahead and try it, to go ahead and persevere through it, to withstand the danger, to live in the middle of the fear, to face the difficulty, not because it's not difficult or not fearful, or I'm not saying don't worry. I'm saying turn to Jesus when you worry and be a voice that will focus more on what he has told you in his truth, modeling the wrestling of the psalmist. You guys, the psalmist did this all the time. He said, God, where are you? Why do you let evil prosper? Why am I in pain? I am in so much suffering, but the psalmist never stopped there. The psalmist always said, why, what, how, lament, grief, but God, God is God has. Remember what God has done. Remember who He is. God will. So I will. And we base our response not on our feelings, not on our fear, but on who God is and what He promises and what He says. We're honest about the reality of the broken world that we live in. But we look to God and His name and His promises and His wisdom. And then we decide how we're going to act. My counselor has taught me this thing when I, I. It happened when I had this really major emotional upheaval that I knew was not about the thing that it was about. Um, It was was a friendship issue for me. I'll just, I'll, I'll give you that much tonight. It was a friendship issue. And I had triggers back to middle school, you guys. I was struggling with all sorts of rejection and failure and all the things that are up here. I mean, I was a mess. But I knew that the adult people that I was in this relationship with did not mean what I was feeling. Nobody had those intentions towards me. When I was middle school, somebody premeditated to be mean to me. That's the feelings that it triggered, but nobody premeditated to be mean to me in this instance. So my, my, my counselor and I were talking about how do you walk through this thing where you have these emotions that rise up so high, like fear or anxiety, but you can see the reality with your head, but you can't live into the reality because the emotions are too strong. And he talked to me about giving my emotions space to be everything they are, to name them, to honor them, to recognize them and to give them the space to be but to recognize that my feelings skew my view of reality. And when I choose my action, I'm going to choose my action based on what I know reality to be. I'm not gonna respond to the people and the situations in my life based on my feelings, even though I gave my feelings the honor and the respect of being known and named and seen, but I'm going to act on what I know to be true about what is currently true, right? And that's what this is. We name our emotion, our fear or anxiety, We look to God and we say, but we know that's not the reality, but to deny it is not what he's asking of us either. That's just putting a band-aid on something that needs a, a true healing. So we don't deny our feelings, but we name them, but then we take them to God and we say, but you are. And so I will act on the truth of who you are rather than on the truth of how I feel. Is this making sense? Okay. This is how we walk as women who have a voice of courage in a world of fear. Just about done here, but I wanted to share a couple of verses that had come through on our Facebook Live from folks who were participating with us tonight. Super fun to have a conversation going there in the chat. So uh, Tara and Tina and Kathy, it was really fun to have you with us tonight. So here are some verses that came from uh, came from our live stream chat. Psalm 63, 7. Your strong hand holds me securely And I might've gotten distracted before I wrote the second half of that. But Psalm 63, seven, at least the first half, your strong hand holds me securely. And then Psalm 27, one, actually all of Psalm 27, but we'll read 27, one. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom then shall I fear? That's a good finishing verse, isn't it? On your tables, I forgot to mention earlier, uh, this little picture of the airplanes and the fan. This is a book that I've been reading lately by um, Scott Erickson. It's called Prayer, and it's just short prayers that go with these pictures. And this picture to me as I was preparing for this talk was how do we be a voice of courage in a world of fear? And so there's kind of two meanings for me. You can have a different meaning if you want. But I first saw myself as the fan. So the people around me is starting to starting to come down into fear. And can my words be the thing that help lift them and blow that wind, help the wind of the spirit, help blow that wind back into their own courage under their wings. But then the other thing, God, you guys, as, as you we were just singing that last song, he lifts us right? Holy Spirit is the one when we are starting to decline into our fear. It is the wind of his spirit that lifts us up and keeps us flying and keeps us moving. So if you like art and images, feel free to keep this. Um, But that was why it was on your tables tonight. So we are done and go in peace. Thanks for being here.